Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 184 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a JavaScript developer, consultant, author, and educator. He is a huge proponent of the web as a mobile app platform and wants to help developers push it to the next level. He is also a conference speaker and has taught workshops for front-end masters and O'Reilly, and he is author of the book Human JavaScript. So welcome to the podcast, Henrik Jorteg. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So, Henrik, can I ask you maybe to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure, yeah. So I've kind of been doing this web thing for a while now. Um, I More recently than, than that bio data, I think I've, I also helped uh, architect the uh, progressive web app for Starbucks. So I worked with them for about 18 months and uh, kind of talked them into doing one to begin with and then helped them architect it. And that's uh, that's been featured lots of places. So that's kind of fun. But uh, kind of... Now doing other consulting projects, working on a big one right now that I wish I could talk about, but uh, I don't think I'm authorized to do so just yet. I'll share <laughs> right. that when it's actually launched, but that one should be really cool. It's actually hopefully more impactful than the Starbucks one even. So excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote another book too called Human Redux, kind of as a follow-up that talks all about state management, how I do it with Redux. So, so can you perhaps share a top career tip? one that the audience may not know and should? Yeah, so I mean, it really depends on on what your goals are in your career. But I think, I think the biggest one for me in an industry that's like always changing, always evolving, if you're not learning in your current role, in your current position, the opportunity cost of that is way too high. Just quit. <laughs> like you can go find somewhere that you can learn. Uh, if you're not being pushed, I mean, that, that's literally how every step up to the next consulting gig or the next job position has ever you know worked out for me is because I'm getting pushed to do something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone and then figure out how to do it. And then you feel confident in doing it. And then, you know, other people have seen you do that. And before you know it, you know, you're getting paid well to do it. So as far as tips go from your career, like, I think that's the big one. I've, I've heard these young developers that get excited because they get some job for a big company and they're just not really making an impact there. They're kind of plodding along. They're happy with their paycheck. But if they're not actively learning and getting pushed, it's too expensive to stay. I don't care what they're paying you. Sure. So I say you quit and go find some place you can learn. Yeah. So if you're in a situation where you're not necessarily being pushed or stretched by what you're doing, do you proactively try and stretch your own boundaries? That's certainly something that uh, I've always done kind of been fortunate enough to have some spare time every now and then to do that whether it's nights and weekends or whatever but i'm constantly doing like my main thing and then a side project of some kind and you know it's often those side projects where you can really explore things that you're interested in but you don't quite have the confidence to kind of do professionally and i think that's one of those things that a lot of people kind of miss out on in in career development in general is they don't make an effort to really kind of practice if that makes sense yeah it does 
you know, we kind, we kind of get to our point where we're comfortable and we just kind of keep cruising along doing what we comfortably know how to do and we feel good about ourselves, but you're not stretching yourself when you do that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the books as well, is that something you did to stretch yourself? Was there a reason behind writing the books? Yeah. So the first one, Human JavaScript, just kind of came from, I used to work, uh, I was a partner at a consultancy called And Yet, and uh, we were asked to build these fairly complex applications. And I was I was uh, one of the early adopters of Backbone.js. And then you know, we built this crazy application with it that involved real-time asset tracking on a map. And this was like 10 years ago when no one was doing this stuff. So that really kind of pushed my knowledge and my comfort level with these tools and kind of hit some of the limits of Backbone. And lots of people were just kind of throwing together spaghetti code apps. And I thought I would kind of make my my statement of here's how I think you should build things in JavaScript and when you're building more complex apps. And so that's how the first book came about. I just kind of right. was encouraged to do it uh, by my business partner at the time. And yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was, yeah. it was worth it. <laughs> and you were mad enough to write a second book. Yeah, I, I still question that decision a little bit, frankly. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it was good. And uh, what I've done is eventually I just made them both free online. You know, I'd get these emails from somebody who's like a student in like Nigeria or something, and they can't afford to pay it. And I was like, you know what? I I just want you to hear, like, here's the knowledge I have. Do with it what you can. I'm not out here to, to make a million bucks off my books. So No, no, that's good. So, Henrik, can you share with us your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I had to pick between two. One of them was at my first real developer job where they didn't give me enough work to do. And um, I would kind of entertain myself by teaching myself Python on the side. And I had built this like Twitter bot that would sit there and follow people on Twitter who said, who talked about Django, which is a framework I like to use. Anyway, come to find out they're monitoring all network traffic and I would leave this little bot <laughs> running on my computer. And uh, instead of just coming and talking to me about it, you know, up front and being like, hey, what, what's going on? They they put me on a watch list and they watched me uh, without telling me for like a month. Then came and had a very serious conversation with me uh, about my internet usage at work. And uh, I was really, really ticked, frankly, because I, uh, you know, I guess my the PM that I had been working with on the actual work I was doing, like apparently had come to my defense and been like, do not get rid of this guy. Do not get him in trouble. He does way too much work. Like just talk to him. But uh, so anyway, she, she defended me. And so it, I apparently would have been sitting there with HR if it wasn't for her, <laughs> right. but it really ticked me off and I quit like a month later. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. And if I can't have a second, the second moment, uh, was so I was doing this several years later. I was doing work for for AT and T. They were preparing this cool demo for Mobile World Congress, you know, the huge event in Barcelona for mobile stuff. Yep. And um, I had been kicked this project. I think like three or four weeks before the actual event, after some other team had been working on it for like three months, and they hadn't gotten to where they needed to be, and so they kind of lobbed it over to me. And gave me like four weeks to try to finish this thing. And there was a server component. This was all for making, this is, they were making actual phone calls in the browsers. Like you can make, you could literally call a browser and then answer it or whatnot. And um, anyway, long story short, 
I didn't get the access to the server stuff that I needed in a functioning manner till like two days before the actual event. And, uh, like I was up at all hours of the night cause you know, my contact there was in Spain and I was, you know, I was back in the U S and I just remember like working nonstop for way too long. And my tiny little girl at the time, she would come up and like tug on my sleeve and like, play with me, daddy, play with me. And I was just so ticked. And I was like, this is not <laughs> worth it. This is not why I got into this. Forget everything about this. Anyway. So that was, that was another low point that made me yeah. realize I should change my, change my career a little bit, at least uh, change how I was prioritizing things. Okay. So let's change tack. Um, can you perhaps tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success? I think the, the Starbucks, Progressive web app would have to be pretty high on that list. There was a day when it was demoed extensively at both Google I.O. and Microsoft Build you know, on the same day. And that felt very validating after working hard on it for quite a while. Other, other things, just like open source libraries that I've made. I made a library called Simple WebRTC that got me several talking gigs and stuff and uh, yeah, so I've gotten to speak at some cool places. Like I got to, I got invited to speak in uh, a .js in Paris. So they flew me to Paris to give an eighteen-minute talk, right, uh, in front of like a thousand people. That felt like a pretty big deal. Yep. There's been lots of fun moments, but in terms of like feeling like I actually did what I'm trying to do and kind of push the web forward and get a big, big consumer-facing company to do cool web stuff, I think Starbucks is probably pretty high up on the list. So Henry, what excites you about the future? of careers in IT? You know, I think there's still just so much opportunity left. I mean, it feels like if, if you've got your head kind of in the tech world, it feels like everybody's done everything. But, uh, you know, if you start to talk to people who are not in that sphere your whole life and their whole lives, you start to realize just how much is left to be improved. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yep. I mean, the fact that any industry on the planet right now uses a fax machine tells you that there's work to be done still. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, all the like, you know, mass market social media stuff has been done. And I think people tend to like, they go there for some reason, like they want to build a new Facebook, Twitter, or, you know, or any of the millions of examples that followed that. But I think a lot of the, you know, seemingly more boring stuff has an enormous amount of opportunity. So I, I just think there's there's so many cool problems to tackle, and it's really fascinating to see people applying new things like machine learning to to old problems. You know, uh, I'm personally very interested in the intersection of kind of web and and uh, machine learning stuff with medicine. I have a bunch of friends who are I don't know, for some reason I've I've ended up with friends that are doctors or dentists or what have you, and I just think. I look at what they do day to day and I just, there's so much room for improvement there in terms of what, how the, all this stuff could work and everything from diagnosing to just boring data entry to, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of opportunity there too. So I find that fascinating. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Sure. Why not? So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Uh, I kind of fell into it, frankly. Um, I uh, studied business in college. I kind of knew I wanted to do my own thing, so I was kind of entrepreneurial, I guess. So I, I chose to, I had a concentration, a management concentration in entrepreneurship, but I realized that 
if I ever actually needed a job, which is like half the reason you go to college, I needed something that didn't, you know, a diploma that didn't say, I don't want to work for you. Because that's basically what, if they see entrepreneurship on there, they're like, oh, so you want to be the boss. Okay. Um, So what I did is I tacked on a a finance degree as well. I figured I could always go get some job in finance or a bank or whatever. But then every interesting business that I could think of to try to start was web-based somehow. And I didn't have any money of significance. I mean, I was a college kid. And don't get me wrong, I realized a very privileged position to to begin with. But, you know, it's not like I had money to go hire a bunch of developers or something. So you know, I managed to find someone who was moonlighting, who I could pay a few hundred bucks and they could kind of throw together this little website for me. And I was always frustrated with the lack of progress. And I was like, well, how hard could this stuff really be? I like computers. <laughs> Let's figure this out. Yep. And so I signed up for uh, lynda.com, the, uh, the old tutorial site that's been around forever and uh, watched the whole long video on how to build applications with cold fusion because why not? I mean, you know, it was Adobe, <laughs> Macromedia, whatever. Yeah. That must be, that's a good name. I know that name must be good stuff. So I learned cold fusion and then I built my first uh, web app. Uh, it was like a house video tours of houses kind of thing. But yeah, so I, I kind of learned how to do it. And then when that petered out, I got a job with my cold fusion skills. I got like an intra-level developer position at ESRI in Redlands, uh, California. Right. So you found your way in. Yeah. And then, you know, from that point on, it was just like, I was a sponge trying to, I mean, cause I, I kind of knew I didn't know anything cause I knew I didn't have the background. And so as a result, you know, I was just latching onto every piece of knowledge that I could. And, and, uh, I was fortunate to work with, uh, Luis Mahano is his name. He, in the cold fusion world, he's like, he's it. Uh, and so he was a coworker of mine and I just, I learned so much from him. So that was cool. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Not to take yourself too seriously. I mean, I think if you pretend, you know, something when you don't, that gets you in trouble. And I think, I think you're better off being humble. And then eventually you come to realize that you, your uh, confidence doesn't come from what you know, your confidence comes from your ability to figure out what you need to know and to figure out how to solve the problem, which makes it possible to, to tackle things that, and, and even to convince other people that they should pay you to build things that you don't know how to build, <laughs> yes. which is, uh, which is kind of fun. So, and what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Honestly, I think the whole passion thing is total BS follow your passion, what have you. Um, there, in fact, there's a really good book about that, that I highly recommend. Um, it's called so good. They can't ignore you, which is a quote by Steve Martin, the comedian, but you know, it just kind of talks about how most people's satisfaction in their life and work comes from more from their level of autonomy and their, you know, kind of feeling of impact rather than like, getting struck by lightning at home saying, Hey, this is your passion. Go follow it. No one knows what their passion is until they stumble across (laughs) something that they enjoy. And so I think that's just terrible, terrible advice. Yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? I really, really am thankful for my experience of just trying to build something from scratch really without knowing anything. I think a lot of people 
you know, they kind of jump in somewhere and they, they learn some aspect of a project. But uh, I think I credit a lot of the overall success that I've had to my kind of generalism. I think, you know, there's kind of this push towards specialization, but it's, it's usually valuable for somebody to be able to kind of be given a project and just do the whole thing. And I mean, and I think that's something that even if you end up ultimately specializing, I think that, that, that breadth gives you, gives you kind of this, this knowledge to pull from that, that other people just won't have. And I think that's, that's hugely useful. So in terms of actual advice on what to do, I mean, I would try to find some entry level job somewhere where you can learn. I mean, I don't, I don't, if they're paying you uh, something, hopefully uh, that's great, but like jump in somewhere at a company that that's small enough where you can get your hands in lots of stuff and learn as much as you can. And at the point where you're not learning, quit and find another one. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Kind of along the lines of the autonomy bit. And, I mean, now, so I have basically my own consulting company. It's just me. I used to have, when I was with the previous company, you know, we had we had 20 some odd developers who we employed. And frankly, it just ended up being too much effort. So I kind of, eventually I was like, hey, you know, I want to go to a different direction than, than what we're doing here. And so I sold my shares there and kind of went independent. And a lot of that was to kind of gain back control of my time and my life, um, which is kind of what I've been trying to do since then. Being able to make good money in the time that I am working for somebody else and then still have time to do the other things I want to do. Yeah. Like right now, I'm for my current client, even though they're the biggest client, the biggest contract I've ever had, they're paying me for three days a week. And the other two days, I can keep working on uh, the other stuff that I'm doing, which is, so I've built, I've mentioned this medical thing. So I've built uh, anesthesia tracking software, basically. Right. So I spend the other two days working on that. Yeah, that's great. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Kind of having a bit of general business understanding and, and people understanding goes a really long way. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, every problem is a people problem. Whether you're trying to sell somebody something, whether you're trying to build something for people, uh, you, you know, ultimately there's a user on the other end of it. And all the kind of politicking that occurs at large companies, it's all it's always people problems, right? So it is. I think any time that you spend reading books about or understanding how people work uh, and organizations work, I think is is super useful. Yeah. Those books about those kinds of things are readily available. That's not something that comes naturally to me. Um, right. So I've I've spent some time studying this stuff and just trying to kind of level up in that. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? You know, I think it's been a gradual staircase kind of scenario. You know, um, one opportunity that leads to another, and and you, you got to really make every every touch point make sure that you're carrying your end of the bargain on everything. Because if you do that, then next time, you know, there's so many people that get sloppy when they're doing consulting work, you know, they'll start billing for days they're not there or whatever. And it's just like that stuff comes back to, back to bite you. But I've always tried to like be really straightforward about what I do and just make sure that everything that I touch ends up being I give it what I got and then inevitably something good comes out of it for the next thing. So yeah, it's just a gradual step to the, you just got to make every step count. If that makes sense. It does. Yes. 
And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? For a long time, not very much, which was really a problem. <laughs> I've, I've recently, I, when I say recently, probably the last three, four years, kind of gotten back to what I used to do, which is spend a lot of time outdoors. I love to ski, I mountain bike. We have a boat, so we like to take the kids out on yep. go boat camping or whatnot. And, you know, I enjoy just being outside, frankly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important, it's isn't it? Just to have that difference yeah. and away from uh, from what you do on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. And uh, Henry, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? I think if you're, and, and this is from a kind of con- a consulting perspective, one of the things that I've never really heard somebody say is whenever they're the consultant, they always try to come in and be like the expert that everybody talks to and they feel like they have to have the answers for everything. And what you do when you do that is you put yourself on the other side of the table in terms of negotiations and in terms of just working together, really. It's, it's always like you and them. I think that's totally backwards. I think the reason people love hiring me as a consultant is because I'm on their team. You know, like we try to figure out what do we got to do to get from where we are now to where we want to be. And their problems become my problems. And I, I don't know how not to do that. That's just kind of how I work when I tackle something. Somebody presents me with a problem that they have, and I I can't not try to solve it. And so, um, but I think that's worked really well. And it's just because it helps you, helps you stay aligned with the people you're trying to help. And at the end of the day, it, like I said, it's all about people. And, you know, if you put their concerns and their problems and you make them your problems, eventually that comes back around and, and you get handsomely rewarded for it. I mean, I think that shows itself in the next project you get in the next project and you never know, you know, what comes out of one. I mean, basically the reason I got the, the project I'm currently on, which I can't quite talk about yet, which hopefully <laughs> right. will be public soon enough yep. was a really strong referral from somebody who's familiar with my work. And uh, they said, Hey, you guys have to go, you have to talk to Henrik about yeah. this. So reputation and contacts and network. Yeah, that goes so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I've done the whole Twitter thing and, you know, really try to kind of engage with what's what's going on out there. And as a, as a result, kind of built a really good network around that stuff, just putting content out there and keeping it focused. Like nobody cares what you had for breakfast. You know, nobody cares <laughs> what you think about the sunset. Like the people that follow me on Twitter don't follow me because they're my friends. I mean, some of yeah. them do, but a lot of them, you know, it's because I try to produce some valuable piece of information or link to some valuable resource and give more than you take, basically. Yeah. So I think that's probably a good, probably a good summary of it. Just give more than you take. Yes. <laughs> and finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, probably Twitter. I write about one blog post a year on my website, <laughs> yourtag.com. But uh, Twitter, I'm on there quite a bit so anyone can dm me i have my dms open so uh, if you have any questions for me or whatever feel free to reach out on uh, my twitter handle is just my full name just henrik Jorteg. which if you're listening to this it's probably written on the podcast title so you can see how to spell it it'll be somewhere <laughs> yeah henrik thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today it's been great chatting with you thank you phil appreciate your time Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode 
on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.